You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Princess Diana is getting her own statue and the New Jersey Assistant Attorney General gets promoted. Here's your national news recap for the week of June 27th. Officials confirm four more bodies have been recovered at the site of the South Florida condo collapse. Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava says that brings the death toll to 16 with 147 people unaccounted for. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he's spoken to anxious family members and assured them that they will continue to search until everyone is found. Former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld has died. His family says the man who served in that role under two presidents died at the age of 88 in New Mexico on Wednesday. His family called him an American statesman. The Supreme Court just made it harder for Democrats to challenge new voting laws. In a 6-3 decision Thursday, the high court sided with the GOP and upheld Arizona voting rules Democrats called restrictive and discriminatory. The ruling will make it harder for the Justice Department and other groups trying to challenge the new voting law in Georgia. An active-duty Army sergeant is under indictment in connection with the shooting death of an armed Black Lives Matter protester in Austin, Texas. A Travis County grand jury returned the murder, deadly conduct, and aggravated assault charges against Sergeant Daniel Perry on Thursday. Perry is accused of opening fire on Garrett Foster in downtown Austin last July. His attorneys say the shooting happened in self-defense, claiming Foster pointed his rifle at his vehicle. Witnesses have said otherwise. Foster, a liberation activist in Texas, had told a live stream he was there providing security for the protesters. Perry is out on bond. A deputy and two city water employees have been shot in the northern part of South Carolina. Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright said the shooting happened near a city park. The deputy is okay, but Spartanburg Water does not know the extent of the injuries of the water employees. Reports say a team was working on a sewer main repair, and a man walked up, asked them what they were doing, and started shooting. A recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom is on. California's Secretary of State certified the petition to recall Democrat Newsom, noting that more than 1.7 million signatures are valid. That's more than enough to recall the election and move forward. California's lieutenant governor now has 60 to 80 days to set a date for the election that will cost taxpayers some $267 million. A former baseball coach is being charged with rape in Baltimore County, Maryland. Melvin Tucker III is charged with second-degree rape and sexual abuse of a minor. Police say a young victim told detectives the abuse occurred while the 33-year-old Tucker was coaching baseball with the Arbutus Recreational League. The young athletes knew Tucker as Coach Joe. 
Police believe there are other children that Tucker may have targeted and sexually abused. In White Plains, New York, Westchester County is resuming the Wrong Way Task Force. That's examining entrance and exit ramps along the Bronx River Parkway. The work aims to come up with common-sense solutions like new signage and other measures aimed at stopping wrong-way drivers, but was put on hold by COVID-19. Both citizens and elected officials make up the task force. County Executive George Latimer notes the work follows a number of high-profile wrong-way incidents recently, including one in Harrison, which proved fatal. Glen Island Beach and the entire New York Park are set to reopen to the public today. The COVID-19 pandemic had led to New Rochelle's park closure for over a year. Dating back to March of 2020, the site was used as a drive through coronavirus testing site, but now can return to a place of summer fun and relaxation. The beach will be open at 10 o'clock this morning and then open daily through Labor Day. Neighbors and town officials alike are unhappy with green tire recycling based on their tire dump on Route 81 in Coxsackie, New York. Owner Shane Foster has already been fined over $2,200 in regards to the issue, according to Hudson Valley 360. Another one of the company's properties has since been cleared of tires, but the dumping along Route 81 remains. Officials say the tires are a fire hazard, mosquito hazard, and in violation of zoning laws. First-time jobless claims for unemployment benefits are down by more than 50,000. The Labor Department reports initial jobless claims fell to 364,000 last week, 51,000 fewer than the previous week's revised total. This is the fewest first-time claims since mid-March of last year, just before the coronavirus shuttered the economy. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News Recap. Hi, my name is Joel Vasquez, and I'm giving you the latest news in the world of politics. Four House Republicans are inviting Britney Spears to testify before Congress about her ongoing conservatorship battle. They wrote a letter to her this week and said the nation's legal system has, quote, mistreated the pop star. They added, we want to help, and no American should have to go through what she's dealing with. The Republicans who signed on to the letter are Matt Gates of Florida, Burgess Owens of Utah, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, and Andy Biggs of Arizona. Their letter comes after the singer's request to remove her father from her conservatorship was denied. President Biden was in Florida Thursday at the site of the 12-story high-rise that collapsed more than a week ago. Biden has been briefed on the situation by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and other state officials. I have the power and will know shortly that uh, to be able to uh, pick up 100% of the cost. During the briefing, Biden said he wanted officials to tell him what they needed. DeSantis said, we've had no bureaucracy issues in dealing with the federal government. The president and the first lady, Jill Biden, are expected to meet with the first responders in Surfside, the town near Miami Beach where the tragedy happened early last Thursday, killing at least 18 people. The first couple will also meet with the families of the victims. The San Jose City Council is starting the process of requiring gun owners to carry liability insurance and pay the city an annual fee. The council voted 11 to nothing Wednesday night to approve the mayor's first-in-the-nation plan and direct the city attorney to draft an ordinance. Several details still need to be ironed out, including policy and fee amounts. Mayor Sam Licardo says the fee will probably be a couple dozen dollars and will help cover city expenses caused by gun violence. 
Licardo argues that the Second Amendment only protects gun ownership and does not mandate that taxpayers subsidize its impacts. The draft ordinance is expected to be ready in September for another council vote. House Democrats say GOP Conference Chair Liz Cheney has agreed to serve on the Select Committee on the January 6th Capitol attack. The House voted Wednesday to form the panel after the Senate blocked legislation to form a bipartisan commission. Congresswoman Liz Cheney uh, of the Armed Services Committee has patriotically agreed to serve on the committee. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also announced the chair of the committee will be Benny Thompson, who is also chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. Representatives Adam Schiff, Zoe Lofgren, Pete Aguilar, Stephanie Murphy, Jamie Raskin, and Elaine Luria will also serve on the committee. Recall candidate for governor of California, John Cox, is back on the campaign trail with his eight-foot ball of trash. I mean, he's not willing to stand on his policies. He just wants to make sure he's identified as a Democrat. To me, it just illustrates further the incompetence. First stop was Sacramento, where the Republican blasted Governor Gavin Newsom for suing the Secretary of State over Democratic Party designation on the ballot. On Thursday, the Department of Finance announced the election to recall Governor Gavin Newsom is going to cost taxpayers $276 million. An election day has not been set yet. From Sacramento, Cox made a campaign stop in Red Bluff, where the North State is battling massive wildfires near Mount Shasta. That's all for Political News. I'm Joel Vasquez. I'm Victoria Baker, and this is your International News. The most populated nation in the world is now malaria-free. The World Health Organization confirmed China is the first country in the WHO Western Pacific region to be awarded a malaria-free certification in more than three decades. The announcement ceremoniously ended the country's seven-decade campaign against a disease that killed hundreds of thousands of people. The health agency says the only other countries in the region that have accomplished this feat are Australia, Brunei, and Singapore. The WHO did warn malaria could return to China, but also said innovative treatments and aggressive tracking of cases can keep it in check. A British influencer is changing the way they look to match the world-famous singer. Ollie London went through 18 surgeries to look like the BTS singer Park Jimin. The influencer said they can finally be myself because they are finally Korean. London has also changed their name to Jimin after $150,000 of surgery over eight years. The transition has drawn a lot of backlash to which London says being transsexual is the same as being transracial. A Chinese developer is claiming to have the world's highest hotel. The J Hotel Shanghai Tower opened earlier this month and occupies the top floors of China's tallest building, the Shanghai Tower, more than 2,000 feet high. Its cheapest room will set you back more than 550 bucks a night. The Guinness currently recognized the Geneva Hotel in Dubai as the tallest hotel at more than 1,100 feet. The J Hotel likely won't be the crown because it only has a few high floors of the massive structure. The late Princess Diana is getting her own statue at Kingsington Palace. Today would have been her 60th birthday of the Princesses of Wales, who died in 1997. The BBC says her son, Prince William and Prince Harry, will unveil the statue today at the royal residence in London. It will be the brothers' first appearance together since Prince Philip's funeral in April. 
William and Harry say they hope the new statue will help visitors to the palace reflect on their mother's life and legacy. The Chinese Communist Party is commemorating its 100th anniversary. About 70,000 people reportedly attended a communist ceremony in Tainanmen Square, Thursday that featured patriotic songs, Air Force flyovers, and speeches from officials. President Xi Jinping claimed only the Communist Party could assure China's continued rise and stability, and vowed that China would no longer be bullied or oppressed or subjugated by foreign countries. Xi said, China would welcome helpful suggestions from other countries, but would not accept sanctimonious preaching. French authorities believe the woman responsible for a huge crash during the Tour de France may no longer be in the country. Cyclist Tony Martin hit the sign the woman was holding on Saturday that led to dozens of riders crashing and the woman left the scene. It's believed she went to Germany after what happened. She's already facing criminal charges in addition to a lawsuit. I'm Victoria Baker, and that was your international news. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. The Howell, New Jersey Township Council has tabled a proposed ordinance that would ban cannabis businesses from operating within city limits. Howell officials say that they want the planning board to review the proposal before the council considers it. Last fall, New Jersey voted to legalize adult use of marijuana. In Howell, more than 63% of voters approved legalization. Officials say they want to know where they can zone for marijuana businesses before proceeding with the ordinance. A rally was held in Towson, Maryland regarding a settlement in the deadly Baltimore County police shooting of Corinne Gaines five years ago. A jury awarded the family $38 million in 2018, but the county won an appeal in 2019. Last year, the Court of Special Appeals ruled in favor of the family and reinstated the settlement, but they have yet to receive any payment. The 23-year-old Gaines was killed by a police during a standoff in her Randallstown apartment. Her 5-year-old son was wounded in the shooting. The officer who shot Gaines is no longer with Baltimore County Police. A Summit, New Jersey man is being convicted for his role in an armed robbery. A Union County jury took less than a day to deliberate when they found 47-year-old Patrick Vermillier guilty of first-degree armed robbery and a weapons charge, among other offenses. Court documents indicate it was back on June 5th of 2018 when Vermilier used a knife to threaten a gas station attendant before making off with cash and cigarettes. He's scheduled to be sentenced on September 23rd and could get life in prison without the possibility of parole due to previous armed robbery convictions. Freehold Borough Schools is in line to receive more than $84,000 in grants from the state for upgrading security measures at their schools. Governor Phil Murphy's administration is recommending more than $317 million in awards, part of the half-million-dollar bond act voters approved three years ago. The recommendations now go to the legislature for final approval. The money for freehold schools will go towards school security improvements, such as extra lighting and silent alarms to alert law enforcement in case of emergency. New Jersey's $46 billion budget Governor Phil Murphy just unveiled includes a major donation for the Toms River Field of Dreams. The state is sending $400,000 to Tom's River for the field. The field will now feature a playground and ball fields for children and adults who have disabilities. Officially named the RWJ Barnabas Health Field of Dreams, the field is the labor of love of Christian and Mary Kane, who began raising funds for the project two years ago. Their son, 10-year-old Gavin Kane, suffered a brain injury from a car accident. From Blake Nelson and Brent Johnson at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, Governor Phil Murphy has appointed Andrew Brooke, the state's leading assistant attorney general, 
to be New Jersey's top law enforcement official for the rest of the year. Brooke, 38, will serve as the state's acting attorney general until Murphy's term ends in January. The Democratic governor is running for re-election in November. Brooke succeeds Gerber Gruwal, who has been New Jersey's longest-serving attorney general in decades, but announced recently he was stepping down to investigate financial misconduct with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the federal agency that regulates financial markets. New Jersey recently reported another 223 confirmed cases of the coronavirus and another eight confirmed deaths, while statewide COVID-19 hospitalizations were below 300 for the second straight day, and the state's overall numbers remain in record low territory. But the state's seven-day average for newly confirmed positive tests has ticked up in recent days, as officials continue to call on unvaccinated residents to get a shot as the very contagious Delta variant spreads rapidly across the globe. The variant now accounts for about a third of new cases in the U.S. Officials say cases of the variant have increased in New Jersey, though the relatively high vaccination rate here has helped prevent the larger outbreaks other states have seen. I'm Sam Whelan, and that was your local news. And now for your Rowan News with me, Kariah Bennett. Dr. Gary Goldberg and his team are collaborating with a group at the Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School to test a new drug candidate called MASL. Goldberg and his team began the ongoing human trial involving 20 cancer patients in the fall of 2020. While MASL has the potential to treat many kinds of cancer, this trial will test MASL's effect on oral cancer. Goldberg stated that this is a unique phase one trial. This study integrates investigations of patient safety along with the potential efficiency and proof of concepts in mechanistic studies. Goldberg students have been heavily involved in the developing knowledge of the base science behind the drug efficiency, publishing findings in peer-reviewed journals, and assisting directly with the human trial. Funding for Goldberg's research has come from multiple organizations, including the National Institute of Health, the Osteopathic Heritage Foundation, the New Jersey's Health Foundation, the Camden Health Research Initiative, and the Northern Vest Beam Growers Association, as well as the Centrimed and Charitable Donation. And this has been your Roman News with me, Coriah Bennett. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. The Phoenix Suns of the NBA are the first team to punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. The Suns beat the Los Angeles Clippers at Staples Center in Los Angeles by a final score of 130-103 to in Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals. This is the Suns' first Finals since 1993 and is also the first time 11-time All-Star point guard Chris Paul will play in the Finals during his 16-year career. Over in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta Hawks are still battling in their series. The winner will meet the Suns in the NBA Finals and represent the Eastern Conference. Moving along to Major League Baseball and the new foreign substance policies that have been implemented across the league. 
Major League Baseball has suspended and fined their first player under the new policy. Seattle Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago has been suspended 10 games as well as fined for his alleged breaking of the new rules. Santiago also was the first player ejected from a game due to the foreign substance policy. Santiago was ejected for having rosin on his glove, which the Mariners argue is not a foreign substance. A rosin bag has been a staple behind pitchers' mounds for many years and is considered a legal substance by Major League Baseball. Santiago did appeal the suspension. Sticking with baseball, but at the collegiate level, Mississippi State has won the College World Series over Vanderbilt 9-0 on Wednesday night. Mississippi State won games 2 and 3 of the three-game series to clinch their first national title in any sport in school history. Last weekend had an all-time finish during the Travelers Championship professional golf tournament between Harris English and Kramer Hickok. The two tied after 18 holes and went to what ended up being an 8-hole playoff for the tournament. Harris English eventually prevailed and won the Travelers Championship. And that was your sports news with me, Nick Earnshaw, right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, and also online at rowanradio.com. Hello, I am Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report Business Update. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is signing the new state budget. The $46.4 billion budget calls for $6 billion more in spending, with the extra money coming from an expected budget surplus. Murphy, who signed the budget in a ceremony held at Ross Elementary School in Woodbridge, New Jersey, says it provides tax relief to hundreds of thousands of middle-class families. Murphy says the budget pays for health care for every child and provides an additional $580 million for public schools and $100 million more in spending for special education. Yale School of Drama will now be tuition-free after billionaire David Geffen donated $150 million to the department. Matt Madison has more. The graduate school typically enrolls 200 students a year in acting, design, directing, and playwriting programs. Starting in August, the school will eliminate tuition for all returning and future students. Officials said the school would rename itself the David Geffen School of Drama at Yale University. The 78-year-old has been credited for producing nine Broadway shows, from Dreamgirls to The Little Shop of Horrors. I'm Matt Mattinson. United Airlines is unveiling two new mainline jets that are the largest in its class. The Illinois-based airline announced Tuesday it's acquiring 270 Boeing and Airbus jets with plans to carry more travelers from high-paying hubs like San Francisco and Newark, New Jersey. The airline said it intends to add roomier seats and seatback entertainment. An executive for United says the purchase of the new aircrafts is a landmark moment that symbolizes an improved look for future air travel. Reality star Kim Kardashian West's company is providing clothes for the USA Olympic teams. Kardashian West shared the news on social media saying Skims, her clothing brand, is designing loungewear, undergarments, and pajamas for the 2021 Olympians. Kardashian West also mentions that she has a personal connection to the Olympics because her former step-parent, Caitlyn Jenner, won the decathlon gold at the 1976 Olympics. Mickey and Minnie aren't ready to hit the water just yet. Disney is delaying its first-ever test cruise of the pandemic. The Disney Dream Ship was supposed to leave Florida Tuesday with only about 600 crew members on board. They're all vaccinated, but five tested positive for COVID last week and then negative the next day. 
the CDC treats inconsistent results as positive, so the cruise line had to cancel, and there is no word when the ship will set sail. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Bill Cosby's TV wife is celebrating his release from prison. Felicia Rashad tweeted, Finally, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. Rashad played Claire Huxtable in NBC's Cosby Show. The 83-year-old Cosby has served more than two years of a 3-10 to year sentence at a Pennsylvania state prison for the 2004 assault of Andrea Constant. The state Supreme Court overturned his sexual assault conviction, saying his trial was tainted because it allowed past alleged sexual assaults to be presented. The court also cited an agreement Cosby had with a previous prosecutor, preventing him from being charged in the case due to an ongoing civil trial. Marilyn Manson is being hit with another sexual assault lawsuit. Model Ashley Morgan Smithleen is accusing Manson, whose real name is Brian Warner, of numerous crimes including sexual assault, human trafficking, and unlawful imprisonment. This is the fourth similar lawsuit that has been filed against Manson this year. Smithleen claims he violated Trafficking Victims Protection Act in 2010 by allegedly promising to hire her as an actress as long as she moved to Los Angeles from Bangkok. To date, the project she has promised to work on was not published. She also alleges physical abuse that left bruises on her body for months. The manager for Biz Markey says the legendary rapper is still alive. Rumors of his death spread on social media Wednesday night, with condolences pouring in from fans and top artists like Pharrell. His manager, however, says the rumors are not true and that the 57-year-old rapper is alive and receiving medical care. Manager Jenny Izumi released a statement saying Biz's wife and family are touched by the outpouring of love and admiration, and they ask for your continuing thoughts and prayers. Last year, Marky reportedly had a stroke and was hospitalized for diabetes. Los Angeles judge is denying Britney Spears' request to remove her father from her conservatorship. Multiple reports say Judge Brenda Penny ruled on Wednesday Jamie Spears could stay on as sole conservator. The pop star's lawyers filed the request to remove him in November, saying Spears is afraid of her father. The compliant also said Spears would not perform until he was removed. The news comes a week after Spears spoke in court and claimed her conservatorship is abusive. She said she wants out of it after 13 years without a medical assessment. Actor James Franco is agreeing to pay more than $2 million to settle a sexual misconduct case. The class action lawsuit filed in 2019 claims Franco and his associates coerced their former acting students into performing explicit scenes on camera. Court filings that were made public Wednesday included the $2.2 million settlement figure, which will have to be approved by a Los Angeles judge. The compliant alleges Franco and his partners engaged in behavior that was inappropriate and sexually charged toward female students. They're accused of using their power to sexually objectify students and for giving preferential treatment to those who were willing to undress in front of them. Franco's attorneys have called the claims false and inflammatory. Singer The Weeknd is delving deeper into the world of television. Variety reports The Weeknd, whose real name is Abel Tesfay, is working on a series at HBO. It's currently called The Idol, and it will follow a singer as she falls in love with a club owner who is also secretly a cult leader. The Weeknd will not only star in the series, but be a co-writer and co-producer. There is no word on when it's set to come out. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.